calendar marked off and amen to those that revival amen because i believe it's going to come i believe it's going to happen i believe this good man right here is going to help play a pay a role in that revival amen of seeing people born and delivered love him tonight appreciate him appreciate his family oh, you just just give him a good bendale welcome here on this wednesday night god bless you brother Phillips. love you brother appreciate you why don't you give that hand clap to the Lord and magnify Jesus with me right now. Come on, if you know that you serve a God that's great and greatly to be praised, why don't you just do that and give him some praise and glory? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's praise him. Woo. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house? There's a lot of places you could have been, and uh, but thank God you're at the house of the Lord tonight, God's people, and there's just no telling what God will do. If you come tonight looking for him, he can be found. Amen. He's near tonight to his people, and if you don't know him in the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost, I told somebody the other day, I said, it's kind of comical. I said, but it's the truth anyhow. I said, the Holy Ghost is a lot like banana pudding. They looked at me like some of y'all are looking at me right now. And I said, I can talk about it all I want to, but until you just get a taste of it, then once you get a taste of it, you know what I'm talking about. That's just kind of how it is. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, just get you a taste of it and see. I promise you, if you don't like it, you don't ever have to taste it again. But there's just something about it that when you come in contact with the power of an almighty God, you'll always come back for more. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Moore, for the opportunity to stand to preach to these wonderful people. I love you, and I honor you, your wife. I love this wonderful couple so much. and appreciate them. Numbers chapter 10, Numbers chapter 10, and verse 1. Uh, again, I'm honored to be here. It's been a long week. I left Gallup, New Mexico, Monday evening at 4 o'clock, pulled up yesterday evening at my house at 4 o'clock p.m., and uh, I left at 4 p.m. and got home at 4 p.m., so it's a pretty long ways from Gallup, New Mexico to J.S. Mississippi, in case you were wondering, and uh, so it's been a long week, and I'll be honest with you, my body's tired, but my spirit is excited because I have never seen an hour where God is doing the things that he is doing right now. Doors are being opened that have never been opened before. And so I'm thankful to be a part of the apostolic church in this hour. Amen. Numbers chapter 10 and verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly. And for the journeying of the camps, and when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves together to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow out with one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. Verse 5 says, when you blow an alarm, so here there is a distinction given between sounding the trumpet and blowing the alarm. He said, when you blow the alarm, the people are going to gather to you, and then when you sound the alarm, this is a difference, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall make their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered, ye shall blow 
but ye shall not sound an alarm. And so here in verse 7, yet again, there is a distinction made between blowing the trumpet and sounding the alarm. The Bible says in verse 8, and the sons of Aaron, the priests shall blow with the trumpets and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Verse 9 is where I want to really focus tonight as he says, and if you go to war, how many have ever been in a war in your life? I'm not just talking about bombs and guns. I'm talking about you've, you've been down in, in the ditches, in the trenches, fighting against the enemy, fighting against the devil. That's where I've been. I don't know about you, but I know where I live. There's devils I have to face. When you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. I didn't want to preach to us just for a little while on this simple subject, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands and your voice to heaven and ask the Lord to move in this house one more time. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. There's nobody like you. There's nobody beside you. God, no man can do the things that you do for you're a God and you're God all by yourself. All power in heaven and earth, it belongs to you. We pray, God, right now that your anointing would fall in this house. Touch us, God, from the front to the back, side to side. Let there be miracles, signs, and wonders in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Oh, come on, while you're clapping your hands, why don't you lift your voice and do what we don't talk about for a little while. Just sound the alarm. Let the devil know you're here. Come on, let God know you're here. Let everybody around you know that you're here. I'm here to own business. I'm here to see a miracle. I'm here to see God do something great in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord tonight. As long as you promise to help me preach. You begin to read through the scriptures. I have recently been in study through the book of Genesis and creation. And it's intriguing to me that in throughout creation you can see very quickly. And it's, it's repetitive throughout the rest of scripture. But it, you can see the nature of God in creation. You can see that God is a God that does not lack stagnation, but that he is a God that likes things that are moving as we read, and the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And so as, as God begins to move through the earth and he begins to cause the firmament to come up out of the waters, and then from there we see he begins to put fish in the sea, and it's, it's intriguing to me that he does not speak to the fish, but he speaks to the sea to bring forth fish, and he begins to speak to the sky, but not not just to talk to it, but to, so that it would bring forth birds. And as as we look at this, I it's very easy to see, yet again, one of the things about God is that God is a God of order and detail. I, I mean, just think about it. What would you do if you had birds and no sky to fly in? I mean, what, what, what would he have done if he had fish without a sea to swim in? He's a God of order. And so he goes through this, this deal of creation letting us know that he is a God of order. And because he is a God of order, it only makes sense that he gives orders as the general of an army, so to speak, as he sets the pace. And that is where we pick up here in the book of Numbers as God 
is giving details and instruction and orders. First of all, we must understand that when God says something, he does not say it for naught, but God says it for purpose. In our text, he speaks of the enemy that would oppress God's people, but there's something here tonight, and I almost shouted when we read it a while ago, but if you're not careful, you'll miss it, but uh, there's something very powerful that is here because God speaks to them while they are still in the wilderness and he tells them when you go into your land and face the enemy that oppresseth you it's as if God was speaking to them and telling them I know you're not living in Canaan yet but you don't have to be living in Canaan to act like you're victorious I, I, I know you're not living in the place that you want to be yet, but you don't have to be there to start acting like it. Don't wait until you're delivered uh, to shout like you're delivered. Don't, don't, don't wait until you've been set free to act like you've been set free. Well, preacher, I, I just don't have any joy yet. That's why the Bible tells you to leave for joy because if you start acting like you got joy, it won't be long and joy will come on the way. I've come to tell somebody tonight. I don't know what you need but I wish you'd just go ahead and start living like you're already living in Canaan land. I know you can't see it yet. I know you can't taste the honey yet. I know you can't see the house that you didn't build and the vineyard that you didn't plant but if you can hear this preacher for just a little while tonight don't wait till you move in till you start picking out paint colors. Don't wait till you get to the vineyard uh, before you start figuring out uh, how you're going to reap the harvest uh, that God has for you. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Ha. Oh. Hallelujah. God said, I know that you're wandering in a wilderness and you don't see it yet. But let me just tell you, there's going to be a day that the enemy's going to be oppressing you while you're in your land. First of all, you got to understand before you ever get to the place that that's yours. You've got to understand that before you ever cross Jordan River, that that land does not belong to the Canaanites. That land does not belong to the Jebusites. But this land have I given unto you uh, as a promise to Moses, uh, as a promise to Abraham, uh, as a promise to Isaac and Jacob. Uh, I have a promise. I have a promise that is for you and your children to those that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You don't have to wait till you have revival to start acting like you're happy. Well, I'll wait till somebody prays through to I shout. Maybe uh, your shout uh, is the key uh, that's going to unlock the door uh, for somebody uh, to receive the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, maybe uh, your dance uh, is that God's just waiting on somebody uh, to start acting like they're living in Canaan. You see, we, we got to give this proper analogy tonight. I, I'm, I'm fixing a mess with your little uh, Pentecostal theology that we've all heard it preached. Y'all sit down. That's the announcements. I ain't even preaching yet. <laughs> Woo. But there, there, there's this improper analogy that we have of Canaan in the Pentecostal church. 
I mean, they've even sung songs about it. I, I remember when I was a kid, I loved Southern Gospel, but it never made sense to me. God, God gave me this revelation when I was very young. We sing songs that uh, they assimilate heaven to Canaan. Canaan land is just inside. You ever heard that one? There will be no sorrow. Where does the Bible say that? Now, I know that, that they're, they're talking about heaven, but when you read about Canaan land, there's giants in Canaan land. There's walls that are, I, I know, I just messed that song up for y'all. I'm sorry. Because I've heard it preached my whole life that Canaan land and heaven are types and shadows of each other. But it's an improper analogy because in Canaan land, there's giants that you must face. There's battles that you must fight. There's walls that must come down. There's battles that you're going to go through that you're going to feel like you're about to lose it all. That's what you got waiting for you in Canaan land. And, and so we have, in the Pentecostal church, we have, we have gained this ideology that when we get to heaven, that means that we will be living in Canaan land. And that means when we get to heaven, we'll be in a house that we didn't build and we'll reap from vineyards that we didn't plant. And the land is going to flow from milk and honey. But again, it's an improper analogy. Canaan and heaven are nothing alike because when you get to heaven, there'll be no giants. There'll be no battles. There'll be no walls to tear down. There'll be no army that you'll have to tear down. I've come to tell somebody tonight that the house you didn't build and the vineyard you didn't plant and the land that flows with milk and honey, that's not talking about heaven. That's talking about a place that you can live in in your war with God while you're here on this earth. Don't wait till you get to heaven to live in a house that you didn't build. Don't wait till you get to heaven to reap the vineyard that you didn't plant. God says I got a land for you and it's flowing with milk and honey and it's right here and you're right on the edge you just gotta go in and possess the land hey. well, I feel like preaching tonight don't, I, I, well preacher you don't understand it's so hard to get to that place you, you, you don't get it God's already told you that's your land Well, well I, you, you, you don't understand how many, how many battles I'm going to have to go through. I understand that, but God's already said that's your land. They're still wandering in the wilderness in Numbers chapter 10. And God said when that enemy in your land comes out against you, you open up your mouth and you sound the alarm. You see, the purpose of this is, is God says because when you sound the alarm, you will be remembered. And again, this is just the way my little brain works. How does a God that knows everything need to be reminded? I thought he, kn I thought he knew it all. I, I thought that God, the God of heaven and earth, he, why would he need to be reminded? He already knows everything. He already, he's, he's an omnipresent God. He's still in my past. He's right now in my present and he's already in my future. Why would I need to remind God of what he said. 
why, why, why would I? You see, because it, it's, it's hidden in the Hebrew language here. And then if you're not careful, you'll miss it because the word remembrance is the Hebrew word zakar. And it means to properly mark. You see, it's not so that God can be reminded as if he forgot. It's so that there is a mark that is set upon you. That when you walk in the Canaan land, that the devil already knows who you are. It's so important that you sound the alarm. Because when you sound the alarm, God comes down to where you are and God begins to work in your situation and God puts his stamp of approval on you so that everywhere you ain't gonna help me preach on Wednesday night so that everywhere you go there are people that understand that's not just a saint at another local church that's not just a man or a woman that I have to share the same shift that's somebody that's got a mark of God on them that's somebody with a testimony I've been through hard trial I've been through tribulation I've been through the fire I've been through the flood but I got something inside of me uh, that when I walk into Canaan uh, everybody knows who I am you see oh, after the Holy Ghost when God puts his mark on you demons tremble when God puts his mark on you walls start crumbling when God puts his mark on you fetters are destroyed when God puts his mark on you your finances are released your healing is released your miracle is released your breakthrough is released the power of the Holy Ghost it's released when you release the sound. When you send up a shout that identifies you, God puts a mark on you. And when he marks you, there's not a devil in hell and out of hell that can stop you from walking in the Canaan land. Let me just tell you, I know I'm pretty bad to the bone, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm mean. I can go all day and all night and all day again. But on my own, I'll face demons that are bigger and stronger than me. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. On my own, I'm going to face things that there is no way I'm not strong enough. And I don't have enough willpower. And I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough agility to, come, uh, to overcome. But when the mark of God is put on me. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how good of a man you are, how much money you got. I don't care how good of a woman you are or how much money you got either. I'm going to tell you something. You need the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. You're strong, but you're not strong enough. You're smart, but you're not smart enough. You might be rich, but you ain't rich enough. But when you get the Holy Ghost living on the inside, it'll do something it'll do something that'll give you the power and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you dudamus power power that'll make you walk right power over the enemy power over sin power over addiction power, power, power Holy Ghost power you're letting everybody know I'm on the Lord's side. I know I haven't explained this whole sounding the alarm thing, but I ain't done preaching yet, so just stay with me. Just by sounding the alarm, you're marking yourself as one of those. 
You know what? It, it's, it's amazing to me. Oh, I'm just step on somebody's toes. It's amazing to me the people in this day and hour that are living in the most powerful hour of the church that don't want to be assimilated and identified as one of those. See, th th this is nothing new. Peter, the one that walked and talked with Jesus, denied him not because he didn't love him, but because he was afraid to be identified as one of his disciples. I'm going to tell you, that's where Paul steps in and says, for I am not ashamed. Oh, let me help somebody right here. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. If you're at your job, if you're at school, if you're driving down the road, wherever you go, there's got to be something in you where you identify yourself. I'm one of those that's been sounding the alarm. I've got the mark of God on me. The stamp of approval is upon my life. That's why I've got favor. That, that, that's why two people can walk in and apply for the same position uh, and they might be more qualified and have more experience but somehow I get the job it's not because I'm better than them it's because I got the favor of God on my life I'm one of those I'm not ashamed to be called apostolic I'm not ashamed to be identified as an aisle runner I'm not ashamed to be identified as a tongue talker I am I'm not ashamed. Hey, I'm not ashamed to be identified as wild, extreme, maybe a little bit off their rocker, apostolic child of God. Don't know how many first generation people we got here tonight. This, you, you grew, you didn't grow up in church. You remember what you said when you came to church? Them folks is crazy. Let me just say, if this is your first time in a Pentecostal church and you see somebody running, there's not a fire. If you see somebody jumping, nobody pinched them. If you see somebody rolling in the floor, they haven't cut this in stop, drop, and roll. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you get it living on the inside of you, it'll make you do things. Oh, oh. It'll make you want to do that. I don't have to live like this. I want to live like that. I don't have to run and jump and act crazy. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus uh, and all that he's done for me, there's something that boils up uh, in my spirit. Uh, I can't hold it back. Uh, I, uh, I got to let the world know uh, I identify uh, as one of his. Uh, I belong to him. That's why in Psalms chapter 47 and verse 1, the writer would write, Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God. This is one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible because we quote it, shout unto God with a voice of triumph, but that's not what the Bible says. It says with the voice of triumph. You see, because people can shout at a concert, but eventually the band breaks up. And people can shout at a ball game, but eventually their team's going to lose. And people can shout at the club, but eventually the club's going to close down. But only that, that's a shout. Because you can give a shout at a ball game, and you can give a shout at the club, and you can give a shout at a concert. But I'm going to tell you something. There's something about the shout. 
And if you've never been set free from the bondage of sin, you might not understand the shout. If you've never been delivered from something, hey, I'm talking about your daddy was an alcoholic and your daddy's daddy was an alcoholic, but you came to the church and God filled you with the Holy Ghost and you were baptized with water under it. If you ain't never been there, baby, I know you can't understand that, but don't, don't, don't sit back and judge somebody that's given the shout because God brought them from a mighty, mighty, mighty long way. Sound the alarm. Identify yourself as one of those. Identify yourself as one of them that understand what it's like to give the shout. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I get it. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I understand why people are living, leaving Christianity. Because if I had to go to a church where nothing was ever happening and all it was was sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel, stand, sit, kneel, stand. I understand why people are leaving Christianity and they're leaving them in leaps and bounds because they're going to churches where nothing's ever happening and you come in with the same problem day in and day out and, and, and it's week in and week out and I'm still dealing with the same burden. I'm going to tell you what they're lacking. They're lacking the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why this is not an organization. That's why this is not a religion. That's why this is not just a group of people that come together under the name of apostolic. Let me tell you what this is. This is a Holy Ghost experience experience it's I don't care what you put on the name of the sign you can call it Pentecostal you can call it Baptist you can call it Catholic but if the power of the Holy Ghost is not there there is no saving power but when you get this Holy Ghost on the inside it does something that changes not only you but it changes those around you it changes the world you don't believe me you can go read the pew reports for yourself and they're, they're scratching their head and I, I, I forgot the guy's name but he, he wrote recently in the pew magazine and he's mad about it and then you can go read it I, I'll find the, I'll find the, uh, the article maybe tonight after, after church but there, there's this article where he's, he's literally mad because he don't understand why people are, are leaving Christianity and they're becoming atheists and agnostics and they don't even believe in that there's any deity. You just, you live and you die and you go back to the dust of the earth. He said, but there's this one group in Christianity. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. He said, and it's bucking the trend. While everybody else, people are leaving, there's this one sect of this Christianity group that continues to grow. And it's almost with spite, he says it, but you can read it. He said, those that have the Pentecostal experience are continuing to grow in a world that says there is no God. They're continuing to grow in a world that suggests that we're just going to live and die and go back to the dust of the earth. And that's why it's so important that you sound the alarm and identify yourself because I don't want to be identified with just another church that's most probably dying. That's not what I'm a part of, baby. I'm a part of a church and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. I'm a part of a church that was established in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Here, Here's the reason why it's so important you learn how to respond and sound the alarm and identify yourself as one of those. 
It was the sounding of the alarm. I read it to you tonight in your hearing that let God's people know it was time to move. Oh, I feel like preaching. That's why, oh, help me, Jesus. That, that's why churches are dying. Because nothing is moving. But God said, there's this deal. When you start, not, not just blowing a trumpet. Because you'll do that, you'll, you'll, you'll do that behind the curtains. And, and Aaron and the priest, they're going to blow the trumpet at certain times. And it's going to call people that are already in the body to come on in. But when you sound the alarm, it's going to let the people that are really connected know it's time to move. It's going to let the people that are understanding that this is our moment and our hour know that you better pray like you never prayed before. And, and, and that you, you better outreach like you've never outreached before. And it, it's going to let those people know that it, it's time to start thinking about a new building because this one's not going to be big enough. And it's, it's going to let those kind of people understand that, that the kind of revival that God has for us, it's not just going to fall in our lap, but it, it, it takes us getting up and going somewhere. God ain't never gave anybody revival just by going to church Sunday, Wednesday, and not doing anything in between. God's people have revival when they are intentional and understand that we we have been here too long and we have been in this position too long and the way the church has revival as a group uh, is if you have revival as an individual uh, we can't have revival collectively uh, until you start having revival individually uh, because when you get this revelation uh, and you start having revival individually uh, somebody else recognizes uh, that it's time to move uh, and they get up and they start moving uh, and the next thing you know uh, the church has grown uh, and the next thing you know, uh, we're five buildings into a program uh, that every time we get finished, we're already full and we got to start building another building because uh, somebody learned uh, how to move when the Spirit says, uh, you got to move. He told us to occupy until he comes. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean just be here. But the word occupy literally means to take up the land. God said it's not enough for you to just live in the land. It's not enough for you to just live in the land. It's not enough for you to just go to church. You got to have church. It's not enough for you to live in the land. You got to occupy the land. You got to build buildings. You got to plant gardens. You, you got to move stones out of the way so that the land can be plowed. You got to make sure that the trees are cut down out of the way so that you can make sure that the enemy can't come in and destroy your progress. He said, occupy till I come. Don't just sit. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't just sit there. Oh, no, no, you can't do it. You got to get up. You got to move. You got to occupy. You got to build. You got to have revival. trumpet being this this alarm being sounded I, I didn't have time to read it all but it's throughout the whole this whole chapter as God tells them how to use these trumpets he says you, you can play a, a fancy little tune every now and again but when the, the the alarm is sounded it means that it's time to go to war it means that it's time to move and um, there's another part in this again I didn't have time to read it all but it was used to announce the king what are you doing when I go to when you go to church and act crazy like that? 
I'm announcing the king. Well, what are you doing when you uh, don't you understand, Brother Phillips? We got people that here that are dignified, and they they're used to going to church where 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 the pastor sits down and he has a very 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 nice little sermon that doesn't step on anybody's toes and it doesn't make anybody feel like that they're that they're lost, but it, it makes them feel like they're good. It, he's just been tickling their ears. Don't you understand, Brother Phillips, that you can't preach holiness and godliness, and that you can't preach about dancing and shouting and speaking in tongues as as the Bible says it, and, and that that's the whole thing to me if you if you're going to be if you're going to be church folks if you're going to really do it the way the bible says it uh, then you're going to have to do it the way the bible says it and you can't just tear stuff out because it doesn't match your agenda when you really sound this alarm and you announce the king uh, you're announcing that i am one of his uh, he be i belong to jesus and he belongs to me and together his it's his words that are operating in my mouth and and i am his hands and feet here in the earth and he has dominion there and so I have dominion here because that power that's in him is inside of me and he told me that greater things than these uh, shall ye do because I go unto my father so I'm not just saying this uh, to get you to clap your hands and I'm not just saying it to try to be trendy I'm preaching to you tonight that you've got to sound the alarm because when you do it uh, and you identify as one of those uh, you're announcing the king is here and he's here to work miracles uh, He's here to break chains. He's here to deliver you from your addiction. Jesus is here right now. Woo, for the Holy Ghost. That's why we get excited. That's why in a prayer meeting, praying over a bunch of papers that looks stupid. Why would you anoint papers? Why would you shout about it? Well, Tell you why, it's really easy, it's really simple. I, I'll explain it to you. It's the Holy Ghost. We're announcing that we're his and, and we're, we're sending notice to every demon in hell that would try to stop the plan of God that you might stop somebody that goes to another church but I'm intentional about what's happening here right now and I am here lifting up my voice with a shout because I want God to know and I want the devil to know I am on the Lord's side. You see, the, re the reason this is so important to us as apostolic people is because we believe the apostolic message. And, and it's important to us because as a part of the apostolic message, we believe that it's essential that you have the Pentecostal experience. Okay, I'm just making sure I was at the right church. Y'all had me scared there for about half a second. But we, we, we believe, not only do we believe, but the Bible teaches that you must be a part of an apostolic a doctrine, it's a Pentecostal experience that you must repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name, for neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven among men for by which we must be saved. And that you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. Brother Ford, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't get it why God said, okay, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in a language you never spoke. That, that don't make any sense to me, but I do know it works. 
I don't, I don't know why he said, look, this is going to be the initial sign that you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, I, I don't know what else he could have done. That ain't none of my business. But I don't know what God said. You're going to speak in an unknown language, but this I do know. I've seen drunkards come in and speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance and then walk out sober. I've seen crack addicts walk in so high out of their mind that they couldn't even sit still. But when the power of God began to move on them, all of a sudden they begin to calm down. And, and, and the addiction that was there all of a sudden has been reversed and now they're not addicted to crack cocaine now they're addicted to holy ghost just just let me get back to the house of god and let me have another drink from the fountain what does that have to do with this trumpet business? It has everything to do with this trumpet business because in Exodus chapter 19, as Moses is walking up on the top of the mountain, the Bible tells us that there is a sound of a trumpet. And as this word, this, this, this trumpet, this word, the Hebrew word shofar is sounded, it's at the beginning, it's the first Pentecost that you read about in your Bible. The first Pentecost is not in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost begins in Exodus. Exodus chapter 19 and that's the first place that you see the word trumpet or alarm or shofar and it's as if God was saying is this is how it's going to begin because as they go up on top of the mountain and you you can read the rabbinical literature for yourself you'll find that as Moses gets up on top of the mountain and God speaks to him that God does not speak to him one uh, one commandment after another but he speaks to them all ten at one time and not only does he speak all ten commandments at one time but he speaks them in over 70 different languages it was indicative of speaking in other tongues it's Exodus chapter 19 there is a pattern that is set here as the law is given that will be fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 as the law is fulfilled the law is given in every tongue and every nation and the law is unfulfilled in Acts 2 and in every tongue and in every nation because the Bible tells us that there was Parthians and Medes and, and dwellers of Mesopotamia and, and, and Egypt and all of the places it begins to list 19 different languages that are, are there that day and they heard them speak the wonderful works of God with their own ears it's as if God was saying when you sound this alarm it will be the sound that it sounds like it will be speaking in other tongues I'm going to tell you tonight I still believe in speaking in tongues And it's not a one-time experience if you're here tonight and you say, well, I spoke in tongues one time. Back in 1997, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost and I haven't spoken in tongues again. No, 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 no. You need to understand God told them when it's time to move, you're going to hear it and it's going to be the sound of an alarm. It's going to be the sound of the shofar. It's going to be the sound of speaking in other tongues. And, and, and when it's time to have revival, you're going to know it because it's going to be identified because you're going to hear somebody speaking in tongues. And when it's time to have a breakthrough, you're going to know it because you're going to hear the sound of the shofar, Pastor Mora. It's going to be the sound of speaking in other tongues. And when you have revival in your finance, you're going to know it because it's going to come from the sound. It's going to come from somebody that's been having Holy Ghost Church. It's going to come from somebody that's done got into the presence of God and they prayed their way through all of the trouble and all of the trials of life. And 
and they didn't feel like coming to church, but they came to church anyway. And they didn't feel like praying, but they prayed anyway. They didn't feel like worshiping, but they worshiped anyway. And somehow they broke through and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And as they did, the breakthrough came. That's why James would tell us, building up yourself, praying in, not just praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. Did you know that 10 out of 10 people that get the Holy Ghost get it talking in tongues? Because in Acts 19, guess what? They spoke in tongues. And Acts 2, they spoke in tongues. 4, 6, 9, 10, 12, they spoke in other tongues. They, they got to a place where uh, the apostle shows up and he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said, we didn't know there was any such thing as the Holy Ghost. We, we were just good church folks. And we didn't know nothing about all that. The Bible says the man of God laid hands on them. And how did they know there was an alarm that was sounded that day? How did they know that they received the Holy Ghost? Because they, they heard them speak with other tongues. It was an alarm that was given. You want to know why the Old Testament calls, on it, calls it an alarm? Because it was prophetic if for anybody else it was prophetic to the devil to know that when God's people begin to speak with other tongues, they are fixing to tear your kingdom down. That's why it's important you learn how to pray till you pray through. And I, 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 let me just tell you something about this. We, we've got this idea in Pentecost. I, I don't know why I'm praying. Yeah, I do. The Holy Ghost is telling me to preach this. We've got this idea in Pentecost that I just need to pray until I'm talking in tongues. No, you don't need to pray until you're talking with tongues. You need to pray until the tongues are talking through you. Bible talks about moanings and groanings that cannot be discerned because for so long we've got this idea that my pastor will think okay, I'm okay as long as I'm talking in tongues and then we walk right back out the door and go back to sinning and acting like a fool. My friends will think I'm okay as long as they hear me talk in tongues and everybody will think I'm alright in Pentecost as long as I speak it. No, 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 no. You need to pray not till you pray through but till the tongues are coming out of you in a place that you cannot control them. Say, why are you putting so much emphasis on this tonight because we live in a world that says it's crazy and you've lost your mind but all through the Bible it's saying you must you must you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost evidence of speaking in other tongues and it's not time to stop once you get them but pray until you pray through pray until your children pray through pray until your community prays through pray until your Friends and co-workers pray through. Let there be something about you that's different. That's right. Stand with me all over this house, if you will. I'm closing. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be a part of a religion. I, I, I don't want to be part of traditions. I'm, I, I don't preach holiness and godliness because it's a tradition. I preach it because it's Bible. I don't, I don't preach this because it's, it's just something I can get excited about. I can get excited about anything. 
I'm one of the most get excited people you ever met in your life. I can get excited about anything. But there's something about this Holy Ghost. It's not just excitement, brother Moore. It's, it's experience. It's not excitement, it's life changing. It's not just excitement, but it's what will keep your marriage together. Because I'll just be honest with you. I don't pray because I'm a good person. I pray because I'm a bad person. And if you're honest, you do too. And if you don't pray, that could probably answer the questions of why you've got so many problems in your life and your marriage is falling apart and you don't have any money all the time and you're, you're always... Because I'm going to tell you something about the people of God. When you really get this Holy Ghost I got, it'll start changing the way you walk. And all of a sudden, you'll start thinking different. And it'll change your money spending habits. And it'll change the way you talk to your husband and your wife. And it'll change the habits of... Because it's holy living on the inside of something that's unholy. And so the only hope that I have to get out of this world is if I let the holy consume the things on the inside of me which are unholy. I'm telling you on a Wednesday night, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As the musicians come, I'm closing. That's my second one. I got one more. <laughs> God told him, he said, sound the alarm. I want everybody to know who you are. I don't, I don't just come to Bendale and, and, and preach because I don't have anything else to do on Wednesday night. I'm, I'm, I'm in Bendale right now because the Holy Ghost wants you to understand that there's revival here that's never been tapped into. And God, there, there's people that are hurting and wounded in this community and they're just waiting on you to identify yourself as one of the... How do, how do you know? Yeah, I, I know you feel like nobody wants to be a part of that church because they're, they're different and they dress different and they walk different and they talk different. But let me tell you, let me just ask you the question. How do you not know that the next time they see you and you tell them, look, I, I know I haven't been really a good example but can I pray with you can I, can I talk to you about my Jesus how do you not know that that time that you just walk in on the job and all of a sudden their world is falling apart that because you've identified yourself as one of those and you let them know I'm not ashamed I'm not ashamed I'm not ashamed of who I am how do you not know that that could be the connection that one person one single person could be the key to a hundred souls that walk in this door and all of a sudden you, 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 you. I'm, I'm not preaching to the pastor. I'm preaching to you. You could be the key to revival in this city. It's not just for Pastor Moore. It's for you. I don't believe that it can happen. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you're telling the wrong guy that because I've done seen one person be the thing that changes an entire dynamic of a church. Not because it was something in that person, but because one person said, I'm willing to identify. I'm not playing games. I'm not here. I'm not here seeking people accolades. I'm here to let God know I'm on his side. And all of a sudden, the entire church changes. That could be you. How many services have you felt that that unction of step out in the aisle and worship and you just said, no, 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 that's, well, it's somebody else that normally runs, right? And God's saying, I'm wanting you to identify yourself. I'm wanting you to sound the alarm. I'm wanting you to be a part of an army. I'm wanting you to identify yourself.
I was driving down the road. It wasn't too very long ago. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was driving down the road. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm weird like this, but I, I seen a light up in the woods, and I thought, oh, you're crazy. You lost your mind. You're too tired. You, it's 1130 at night. She didn't really see it, but you know what they say about curiosity killing a cat, so... 80 mile an hour down the interstate, I locked up the brakes and cut through the median and turned around and come back. I thought, no, I didn't see nothing because I couldn't see it again. But all of a sudden, I just caught a very small glimpse, Sister Moore. I said, well, I'm not crazy. How about that? So I pulled over and I walked up and after I walked down in the ditch, I seen a bumper of a car laying there and then I really knew I wasn't crazy. And so I followed the trail up into the woods about 150 yards or 100 to 150 yards up in the woods and there was a man that was sobbing, saying, somebody help me. And Pastor Moore, I could hear his wife on the phone, and, and uh, she was crying, and he thought he had, we later found out he really had a bad concussion. He didn't know where he was, didn't know who he was, didn't know any of those things. And so I pulled over the side of the road. I found this man, and I have to bust the back glass. I find me a piece of pine knot, and I bust the back glass able to cause the way he I'm talking about if you're gonna do it do it right he did it right he jammed that joker up in between two pine trees couldn't get neither door open had to pull him out of the back window <laughs> all he could say was I think I'm dying and says more I didn't know what to do but to pray and there's just something about a child of God and his his wife little did I know but his wife is still on the phone I had already gave her coordinates to where we were the the road marker sign and all of that. So she jumps off the phone and gets on the phone with the ambulance and I give her my phone number and so she calls me a few minutes later and, and I didn't know it but at the time she was still sitting on the speakerphone in the car and I began to pray for that man and there was something, I'll be honest with you, I tried to be real political for about 10 seconds but something started happening to me when I really, I, I knew this man needed a touch from the Lord and, 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 and it's not enough to just pray politically, oh Lord, would you please touch, no, 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 no. You, when you really got to touch heaven, there's only one way to do it. So, Brother Moore, I started praying until the tongues started coming out of me. And, and, and little did I know, we, we prayed there for about 15 minutes, and I had him laid out because I didn't know it could have been bad. There was blood, a lot of blood. I'm not trying to be gory, but it's just it's the reality of what it was. He had cut his head and, and his hands, and he, he's, he's out, and he's kind of out of a, uh, he's not really conscious, but he's laying there, and I'm praying, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And little did I know, but a few minutes, his wife would pull up. And when she got there, Pastor Moore, she was weeping tears, uh, and she said, preacher I, I, and I didn't even tell her I was a preacher but there was something about her and me that understood each other I was in I was still in my suit she said preacher I know you don't know me and I don't know you but can I tell you that I'm a backslider and I've been away from God for 30 years and it's been so long since I've heard somebody speak in that heavenly language and I was so afraid that my husband was fixing to die but when I heard that voice when I heard that language come out of you I knew everything was going to be all. it wasn't me but there's something when you really know the power that's in praying then the Holy Ghost you'll understand that it's more than emotion and it's more but there's power in it power to change your world I wish you'd step out of the aisle right now and walk up to this front and lift your hands and if you don't have the Holy Ghost you can get it here tonight and if you do have the Holy Ghost I wish you'd pray until you prayed those walls down I wish you'd pray till you were praying in the Holy Ghost
understand what's going on. It's okay. Just lift your hands and begin to praise him. It's okay. Just lift your hands and begin to worship Jesus. And somewhere in the middle of your worshiping, somewhere he comes down and he begins to touch you. Come on, would you pray? Do you pray in the Holy Ghost? miracles here tonight maybe it's just waiting on you to pray do you pray through come on there's holy ghost in this house tonight to give you deliverance to give you a breakthrough to give you a blessing but you gotta pray your way through going to do what I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. I understand right now that we could just, we could clap our hands a little bit and we could pray a little bit and we could go home, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that the devil wants everything with everything, that's what he wants you to do. With everything that's within him, that's what he wants you to do, to just go through the motions right now. But I'm going to ask them just for a few moments, would you not pray anything? Would you pray with me in the Holy Ghost until we break through? Because there's a war going on in this community. And it's a war for your children. It's a war for your family. It's a war to tear this church apart. But I'm going to tell you something. God said when you see the people that are in your land, you start sounding the alarm. You start praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you do, that spirit of oppression will begin to back up. Come on. I know that there's demons that are here in Bendale that don't want you to succeed. But I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, you can't just go through the motions. You can't just have another Wednesday night service. You gotta pray right now until you pray through. You gotta pray until something begins to shake this community. Come on, everything we're founded on, it wasn't started with preaching. It wasn't started with a song. It was started that 120 were in an upper room and they were in one place in one accord and they were praying until suddenly came from heaven a sound like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. This is what started Pentecost. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not now I lay me down to sleep, but pray till you pray through. 
my God, I need another miracle. No, no, no. That's not how you get a miracle. You pray until you're praying in the Holy Ghost. And then the Spirit starts making intercession for itself with moanings and groanings that cannot be discerned. That's how you pray through. telling you the miraculous is being released right now. Come on, it's not happening because I'm here. It's happening because you're praying in the Holy Ghost. I said the miraculous is being released right now because somebody's praying until they pray through. (laughs) Come on, you want revival? This is how you have it right here. You want your children to be saved? This is how they get saved right here. They get saved because you've been praying. Not just praying with your own intellect, but praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody sound the alarm on the adversary that's been coming against your children.
Jesus. It's here. Just depends on how hungry, how thirsty, how determined we are. It's here. He's walking these aisles. He's conditioning us. We've heard the word again tonight. And I refuse. The Holy Ghost is like the rain that comes upon the earth. And it really depends upon the earth and the seeds that's in that earth of what's going to come up. I refuse to let briars and thorns, and bad attitudes, 
And just because I didn't get the best deal I think I ought to have gotten things of that nature to rob me, not anymore. We're the child of God, the apple of His eye. We got the Holy Ghost. And this is the most precious place there is. And you know what? I believe, and you can say what you want to about all of this. I may not live long enough to see it, but I believe the field is going to be purchased. And I believe it's going to be the biggest place in this community. And I believe the buildings are going to be built. And I believe the faculty, amen, to teach and instruct and guide. Hallelujah. We can either get in it or get out. But I'm telling you, God, God, God can pull them. God can pull them for wherever he wants to. He can pull the harlots in. He can pull the drug addicts in. He can pull the alcoholics in. He can pull their people in there. Amen. It falls in love with this Holy Ghost. That I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And not just on a Wednesday night. Not just on a Sunday. I want it on a Monday. I want it on a Tuesday. I want it on a Thursday. I want it on a Friday. I want it to rule and reign not just here but in my house and wherever I go. There's no doubt in my mind and heart and spirit tonight just what God could do. I'm telling you, miracles is in the making. Revival's here. You can get the Holy Ghost in this house. And if you'll let the Holy Ghost, it'll, it'll work it all out. If we'll just let it, the Holy Ghost is going to work a lot of things out. If we'll just let God do it. If we'll quit talking about it, quit mumbling about it, quit hatching it up. Brett's good to see you home tonight. He ain't a guest, he's at home. Hallelujah. It's good to see him at home tonight. It's good to see each one of you and those that's been not been able to come and we've been missing with you. It's good to be back in the house of God tonight, isn't it? It's good to feel the Holy Ghost, isn't it? We witness nothing like it. The world don't have nothing that can compare to this. I want it. 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 You know what? There's just no telling what just may happen from that ordeal from Saturday. Because we're going to let them use a building. Surely you've been praying over that. Surely you've been praying, God, the Holy Ghost, when they drive in on the parking lot. There's something different about this place. And regardless of what they do and what directions they go, because, hey, Kim, she texted me. She said, hey, she said, what about dress? She said, I said, Kim, I don't expect you to dress like us. Young like that or whatever. I, said, I don't make me no difference. I don't expect sinners to look like us. I don't expect us to look like sinners. You know what? I believe God's going to bless it. Because you know what God dealt with me about today? He said, I got you there to be a servant to the community. Not just to the search church. We're a servant to this community. We're the hope of this community. The only chance some of them's ever going to have, amen, if we can pull them out. And I won't use the term in that way, but I'm telling you, but we, that's the only hope they got. Amen. It's to be brought here and be introduced to the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the only thing that's going to deliver them. Man does not have what it's going to take. They can go to all of those remedies they got, but I'm telling you, they will not deliver them. With the Holy Ghost to deliver. Holy Ghost to do it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Brother Phyllis, what a word you have preached in this house. All right.
Let's pray for families. Let's pray for our enemy. Let's pray for Sister Mildred. Good to see all of you. I know some's been out in the last few services. Good to see all of you back. Amen. How many of you ready for COVID to be over with? Praise God. Let's pray against it. Let's rebuke it. And do it with some authority. Everybody say what they want to, but y'all just a little heads up on me about this. But I'm telling you, prayer works. I'd have been one sick doll, but that Thursday night. I didn't sleep, but I tell you what I done. I prayed and rebuked it and prayed and rebuked it. Hey man, my wife done this and done that, put cloth on me and everything else. She told me, she said, if it ain't broke by in the morning, you're going somewhere. But about three o'clock, Jesus showed up. That fever broke and I didn't go nowhere. I already went to the great physician. I'm telling you, it works, it works, it works. But you and I got to open our mouths up and sound the alarm. I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, COVID. I rebuke you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And don't pamper it. Have a little pain that comes along. That little thing, oh, you probably got catching. You're a liar. Oh, you probably fixing to do. You're a liar. If it has, only because God allowed it. You talk to the devil like that, you can shut him up. If you lend the ear to him, he gets louder and louder and louder. Overwhelms you. It's power, buddy. It's power. Okay. Some lady step up and lay your hand on her throat. God, we want you to reach down here. Touch sister. 
touch her, Lord. Nobody can touch her like you can touch her. Nobody can minister to her like you can, God. We lift our voices and lift our hands. forever change us forever praise God praise God he's in the transforming business new creation business greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world we are made overcomers Nobody can touch you like Jesus. Amen. Nobody can heal you like Jesus. Nobody can save you like Jesus. He is the author and finisher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyone else? Thank you. 
Sister Judy, if God gives you the opportunity to any one of those three ladies, you sound the alarm. Don't back up. Tell them the plan of salvation. Tell them how it is. It upsets everybody in the room. Let it upset them. You obey God. Because that's how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to take place. Do it with the love of God. Do it with the anointing of the Holy Ghost and everything will be all right. Flesh won't like it. Carnality won't like it. The devil don't like it. But we ain't worried about what they like and don't like anymore. We got rid of revival, folks. This is how you drive the devil out. This is how you get things in the right priority, in the right place in your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. Praise God. I'm telling you, God's tired of us tiptoeing around all this stuff. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. Anyone else? God bless you. Appreciate you tonight. Pray. Let's pray that all goes well with them Saturday. I, when that first was brought to my attention, I, I didn't have no clue. Uh, but this, this thing apparently may be a lot bigger than we all. I don't even know if there's enough room back here. If the way that some of them's talking, they put it in the paper. They've invited people. So the governor may show up. I don't know. Hallelujah. But anyway, I want them when they drive on this property. Amen. It's not just another place. Amen. But hallelujah, they don't realize, hey, they come to a place. Amen. This needs to be the spotlight of this community. This needs to be the spot. We, we're the light of the world. We're the city set on a hill. Amen. God bless you. Love and appreciate you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.